In January of each year, the President of the United States stands before both houses of Congress and delivers what is known as the State of the Union Address. The Constitution requires that the President from time to time report to Congress on the State of the Nation. The timing of the annual speech is a tradition that dates all the way back to George Washington. Now, throughout their history, most State of the Union speeches have struck an optimistic tone. The cheerful tenor, too, traces its roots to Washington. The nation's first president began his inaugural State of the Union in 1790 by telling Congress that, I embrace with great satisfaction the opportunity which now presents itself of congratulating you on the present favorable prospects of our public affairs. Many of his successors would continue to emphasize the positive. In 1963, John F. Kennedy said, in what would be his last State of the Union address, that I can report to you that the state of this old but youthful union in the 175th year of its life is good. Ronald Reagan in 1984 began by saying that, I'm pleased to report that America is much improved and there is good reason to believe that improvement will continue through the days to come. Bill Clinton struck an even more optimistic tone in 1996 when he stated simply that the State of the Union is strong. That was not all that long ago. But not all State of the Union speeches have been bubbling over with confidence. Abraham Lincoln who submitted written remarks in lieu of a speech in 1861, wrote to Congress that a disloyal portion of the American people have during the whole year been engaged in an attempt to divide and destroy the Union. Herbert Hoover in 1930 stated what was obvious to all when he reported that during the past 12 months we have suffered with other nations, from economic depression. More recently, Gerald Ford said frankly to the members of Congress in 1975 that, I must say to you that the State of the Union is not good. And in a situation similar to that Hoover faced before him, President Barack Obama said in his first State of the Union address in 2009, shortly after his historic election, that I know that for many Americans watching right now, the state of our economy is a concern that rises above all others. And rightly so, Obama continued, because the impact of this recession is real, and it is everywhere. Lincoln, in 1861, had weighing on his mind a nation torn apart by slavery. Ford's pessimism reflected the dark image of a nation still emerging from the shadow of war and struggling in an era of political and racial strife. Hoover and Obama addressed periods of massive unemployment an historic economic uncertainty that weighed on the minds of those they were entrusted to govern. 
Today, we are faced with each of those challenges at once, with a pandemic besides. The founding fathers of this country had varied interests. No one figure as their spokesman. The only sure tenet that united them all was an interest in independence from England. Anything beyond that was a matter of compromise. But those varied interests were able to coalesce and find expression in the Declaration of Independence. And that document itself grounded in an equality given by a creator, laid the foundation for hope in a better world. Frederick Douglass. Frederick Douglass recognized as much in his address titled, What to the Slave is the Fourth of July? Delivered in 1852, nearly a decade before the start of the Civil War. Candid and forthright in his criticism of the country and its hypocrisy, Douglas stated that he nonetheless drew encouragement from the Declaration of Independence and the great principles it contains. But what he called the genius of American institutions had yet to come close to fulfilling its promise. Douglas harbored hope that one day the nation he called home might well find a way to live its highest aspirations. Assurances of that hope penetrated clouds of indifference. The fiat of the Almighty, let there be light, Douglas stated, had not yet spent its force. No abuse, no outrage, whether in taste, sport, or avarice, Douglas continued, can hide itself from the all-pervading light. Douglas challenged the nation to be true to its values so that the favorable prospects that Washington spoke of in his first State of the Union might once be made available to all. But Douglas, Washington, and his colleagues all recognized that it is not within the power of humanity to reach those goals on its own. Humankind is far too weak, far too limited by individual experience, much too bounded by time, and just plain too fallen to be its own savior. Humankind cannot grope its way to the promised land on its own. On this 4th of July, may there be light in our present time, and may we not be too afraid or too close-minded or too indifferent to confront what it might show.